Hey friends, welcome to episode 100 of the Fierce Calling Podcast. I'm your host, Dora Swift, and I'm so thankful that you're here. And yeah, the 100th episode. Today's episode is going to be a little different than our normal episodes in the format a little bit different because today I thought I would share my testimony and I don't know if any of you have heard it before. Some of you may have, but I thought that would maybe be impactful for me to share for this milestone episode. And I'm just excited to do that. And I want to thank you so much for listening in wherever you listen in to podcasts. And I, as I always mention that Fierce Calling is part of the Spark Network and you can listen to Fierce Calling on the Edify app and you can download that for free at the Apple or Google Play stores. And so uh, I just, I think today is a special day because it just marks a place in time where we can stop, you know, milestones where we can stop and say, look what God has done. Look how far God has brought us. And it's just exciting. And I give him all the glory. So I hope you'll stay tuned. And I'm going to talk a little bit about, as I said, my testimony and a few other things that I wanted to mention. So stick around. Thank you for listening to this episode that is part of the Spark Media Network that can now be heard on the Edify app. Welcome back to the Fierce Calling Podcast. Thank you so much for joining me today for this 100th episode. I promise I won't keep doing that. What I had recorded earlier for this episode, okay, so this episode is coming out later in the week than usual. I had the whole thing recorded and then I just deleted it. It wasn't right. Something wasn't right about it. So I prayed and I was like, God, what do you want for this 100th episode? Because God is so faithful and I feel like milestones are, like I said earlier in the intro, the perfect opportunity to thank the Lord for what he has done and how far he has brought us. And especially in the podcast world, statistically, podcasts oftentimes don't last, you know, several episodes in. So it's a lot of work, friends, but it is so worth it. And it's just, it's a calling. It's a fierce calling. You know, it's a fierce calling when you can't not do it, which is, yeah, I double negative or whatever. I don't know, but I just... I felt like compelled to do something different with this episode. So I I prayed about it and it just came on my heart that, you know, that God was just saying, well, why aren't you sharing your story on the show? Because you have all these amazing guests coming on and sharing their stories and how they're taking action where their passion, compassion, and conviction intersect. But hello, where is your story and maybe your listeners that I have brought to you want to listen to because all glory to God for this episode and for this show because it's all his idea and I'll tell a little bit about how fierce calling came to be also but first I want to read to you something that I wrote 
back in 2018, and I posted this on, it's a publication platform called Medium, and it is in a publication called Publicious, which I have some writings on. And this is just, this is part of my story, friends, and I want to read it to you. I don't want it to focus too much on the not so good parts, but I want it to be real because I know that so many struggle with difficult relationships and hard things in their lives. And so I just wanted to share this story. This is one of my most read articles I've ever written. It's had, I think, 8.2 thousand views and reads. So this resonated with people and it's still resonating with people. People are still reading this and it's just been that evergreen. So I thought I'm going to read this to you and I would love for you to share any comments you have about it and I'll have show notes just like I do for every other show that I do where you can comment. But also I would love it if you would reach out to me at doraswift.com on my contact page. If it's something where you'd prefer not to put it out there for everybody else to see, you can send that to me personally. One of the best ways too that you can get updates on what's happening and all the things that's you know going on in the newsletter that I put out every month is to sign up for it at daraswift.com. You can actually download Step Out of Your Doubt and Into Your Calling. It's a free electronic book. It's a, like a PDF form and you can do that for free and join my email list. There's other things too that you can get as well, like fear fighting scripture verses. You can also download simple tips for sharing your faith. And all you do is put your email address in and you will get my monthly newsletter. And I promise not to spam you. But that's where I give you updates on book news and things. So before I read this exciting news, I just signed a publishing contract with Elk Lake Publishers. I'm so excited. It is really going to be so awesome to be able to write a six-week Bible study for women. And you'll find out more about that. I'm going to update my subscribers who get on my email list. I'll give updates in my newsletter. So please, please sign up for that today because I wanted to give you that tidbit of info and also that you can sign up for free and just hear more about what's going on. And I also love to share amazing resources for you, things that I'm reading that I think are great books. And I might find a recipe here and there, especially around the holidays, you know, throw one in so it can give you some ideas of things that you can do uh, for your family. So yeah, check that out, friend. So back to this article. Okay, so I'm going to just read it to you. And then I would love your feedback. And here we go. It was the summer of 79. My senior year in sight, I was picking up extra cash, working part-time at a local Winn-Dixie grocery store. That's where I met him, an older guy who worked in the produce department. Okay, he wasn't that much older, like creepy older. But when you're on the edge of 17, a couple of years seemed like the difference between high school football and the Super Bowl. Plus, he was exceedingly more mature than those boys in school. It was just something about, oh, look, somebody 
older than me is interested in going out with me. And I craved attention. And, you know, I was a young teen girl. And who doesn't when they're a young teen girl? And that's another article I want to read sometime about that to the girl who needs validation. That was a really popular one, too. But I craved attention. And he would compliment me. You know, and so for this disheartened, discontented, disillusioned teenage girl, I needed that. And besides, he had a black Z28, which didn't hurt. So I wanted to grow up so fast, so badly. I was totally over the teenage drama of backstabbing girlfriends and cheating boyfriends. I believe skipping right into adulthood would be so much better. As if, right? Do you remember that? When we were all crazy and wanted to be adults, what were we thinking? Oh, that's right. We weren't thinking. I really liked this guy though, except I wasn't totally sure. It wasn't because he liked me first. I remember nonchalantly strolling back to the break room whenever possible. And did I mention that I used to journey past the lettuce and grapes to get there? And I don't think I mentioned that before, Um, but that's where he would work in the produce department. And he would ask me things like, when are you going to go out with me? And I would say, well, when are you going to ask me? And this went on for some time. And finally, he did ask me and I wound up going out. And, you know, I mean, he would make me cheeseburgers and take me on real dates, not just the, you know, hey, come out and hear our garage band kind of dates with no disrespect to garage bands because I used to sing in a band with my friends from school. That was really fun. But this was a serious grown-up relationship, and I really wasn't ready for it. Um, But grown-up relationships do bring grown-up complications, and this girl was not prepared for adulting 101. Now, I had a loving family, and it wasn't like, I didn't have support of family or the love of family, but I just, you know, friends, I was just disillusioned with that. Some of my friends had left school. Maybe they moved away or different other reasons, changed to a different school, but I just didn't feel like I had a lot of friends left. And this was just something that I was drawn to. So friends, be leery of this because it doesn't matter if you're a teenager or if you're in your 20s or 30s or 40s or 50s you know if you are lonely and if you are disheartened about things going on in your life it leaves you vulnerable for the enemy to come in and gives him a foothold and you know and you just you're vulnerable to open yourself up to things that you probably shouldn't open yourself up to So as Christmas time drew near, I wasn't baking cookies. I was tossing them. At first, I thought it was something I ate because isn't that always the way when, you know, oh, I'm sick. I'm throwing up. I must be food poisoning. Then maybe we thought it was the flu. I missed days of school and work days and the smell of Aquanet hairspray sent me running for the bathroom. Remember that hairspray Aquanet? I don't know if they still make that, but that's what we used to use. There was a certain brand of it. Now, one... I think one of them was fine, but there was one, maybe it was the extra hold. I don't know. That one, yeah, I could not stand the scent of it. So it was my mom who first realized that my flu might eventually need a name. And it didn't feel weird when the person I was seeing slipped an engagement ring on my finger because we had been talking about marriage for months. 
you know, sometimes when you're a teenage girl and you think, oh, I can get married and move out and be on my own and, you know, all these things that seem like it's going to be super fun. Well, we started planning a wedding and I'd be a mom by August. Take that high school friends who left me or ignored me or found better girlfriends than me, right? But I never realized how quickly life plans can change from one moment to the next. I'll never forget the night that it all changed. On our way to dinner, or who knows where, we stopped at Mr. Z28's apartment. He ran in to get something while I was waiting outside. And this is kind of how I recall how this all happened. It's it Okay, we're talking some 41 years ago or more like this was a long time ago okay but I remember as he walked back to the car I could tell his demeanor had changed and something was wrong and I I didn't know what it was but I asked you know you know was everything okay or I don't remember exactly what I said and he told me that he had just gotten a call that his brother's baby died and I was just stunned he was just, he was emotional about it. And I just, I didn't know what to say. Um, I just said, probably said something like, I'm so sorry. I don't really recall what happened after that, but I will never forget those words. My brother's baby died. Days went by and my family and I wondered what we should do. Should we send flowers, condolences? After all, I was going to be part of this family in the very near future. And since his family lived out of state, the funeral arrangements weren't in our newspaper. And of course, Google didn't even exist then, right? Google was not a thing. Um, This man I was about to be hitched to offered no help whatsoever and seemed to know nothing about the details. And soon it would really become clear as to why. And I'll have to say that moms, you know more than the FBI. (laughs) Moms know more than the FBI, right? We do. My mother should have been a detective. Okay, so besides finding out where I was at all times, and this was before iPhone trackers and all of those things, she had, it's like a spidey sense or something that moms have, but she had a knack for uncovering information. She was able to hunt down Mr. Z28's father's number, and so she called him. And that was the start of a startling realization of what was going on. Nobody's baby had died. As a matter of fact, The child in question was alive and well. Why anyone had made up such a horrific story, I will never know. And for years I questioned myself. I kept thinking, maybe I just remembered it wrong, right? But no, I I didn't. I didn't remember it wrong. After the phone call from my mom, his family traveled all the way down from North Carolina to Florida to sit on our sofa and give us the 411. And actually, it was more like the 911 We did not tell Mr. Z28 his family was coming down, and evidently they didn't tell him either. And after a long and disturbing conversation, do you want to hear their advice? What was this? Run, Doris, run. It will be a long 40-plus years, Doris. Do not pass go and do not collect $200. And Forrest Gump wasn't even on the radar yet, so I was the original. Run, Doris, run. Okay. I was heartbroken, and I was stunned, and I was angry. I didn't want to run. What about my new life being a wife? What about the baby? At this point, I must admit, my entire family was a little freaked out. The whole thing was like bizarro world. Like, what? who is this person and what is going on? And I finally came to grips with the truth that he was not the person I thought he was or knew him to be. 
he lied to me and none of that was my fault. Did you hear that? What I just said, people will lie to you and it's not your fault. So I did run after all. I ran all the way from Florida to New Jersey. Well, I didn't really run. Actually, I ran to the nearest runway and I took a plane uh, with my love him like a brother cousin who flew down to escort me back uh, up north to my grandparents' house. It was my safe harbor because at the time my uncle was concerned that, you know, maybe she should get out of town for a little bit. Maybe she should get away because we really didn't know what was going to happen next. And I was bitter. Why did I have to run? Why did I have to leave? Now I know that it was the best thing for me and my little one. But at the time, I didn't. I didn't know that was best. And I thought, why Why do I have to be the one to leave? I didn't do anything wrong. Well, I kind of did something wrong, okay? I was having this baby as a teenager, which, you know, obviously isn't the way that God had designed that to happen. But uh, I just had a broken heart and a broken heart may hurt, but I'll tell you what, that ring came off my finger faster than you could say, bye, Felicia. Okay. What I want to bring out is that we should trust God has a plan even in the midst of devastation. Okay. Trust God has a plan even in the midst of devastating circumstances. And I don't have any ill will against Mr. Z28. I don't even want to say his name because, you know, I mean, I forgave him years ago. But devastation, yeah, by devastation, I don't mean my pregnancy, okay? I was always happy about my baby. I mean, I always loved my baby. That was the most beautiful part of this whole messy montage, a beautiful baby boy. And he was the gift I got to keep when I had to walk away. And I was so grateful that I never married that man. And I know firsthand that that his marriage that actually happened after me, it didn't work out any better. And I don't want to gossip and I don't want to talk about it, but I feel like that's not really gossip. I'm not going to give any names and I'm not going to tell any details, but I feel like God allows us to see glimpses of things to confirm that we went the right way that he directed us to do to go. That's a, that's a testament to God and how he helped me dodge a bullet. His plans are always better than mine and yours. God had his hand upon me, even back then, even when I wasn't exactly the godliest of girls, I was young and naive. And I'm thankful that even then God had his plans for me, despite my efforts to do life without him. I'm thankful he didn't say, how's that working for you? He just extended mercy and grace and got me back on track. And friend, God has plans for you too. He extends to you that same mercy and grace, and he can get anyone back on track. Nobody who seeks help is a lost cause. And nobody who seeks hope is a lost cause either. And betrayal can cut deep, but God's love goes deeper. God took away my shame and hurt, but it wasn't immediate. See, I was never ashamed of my baby. I was ashamed of the fact that I had to leave school six months shy of graduation because I was that girl who got pregnant. Back then it was different. Okay. Now girls go to school when they're pregnant. Schools actually have little daycare facilities on site for girls to bring their babies so they can keep going to school, which that's amazing. But back then it was a little different. 
And you know, it was probably just myself that had those feelings. Nobody ever said anything negative to me about it. I just, I didn't want to go out. I didn't want my friends to see me, you know, I was getting fat. And I mean, it was just a really hard time because as a teen, I didn't feel like I fit in anymore. I, I really didn't fit in with my friends anymore the ones that were even left. And I didn't really fit in with grownups because I really wasn't a grown up yet. And I was a mom, but I was really a child who was caring for a child. And thankfully, I had parents that were helpful. My mom would do so much uh, in helping me take care of this little, this little guy that I love so much, who's now way taller than me. But you know, God has a plan. And He did. He took away my shame and my hurt, but it wasn't immediate. It took a long time to heal and he could have zapped it right away without a trace. But sometimes our wounds need his healing salve to sink in. And sometimes we need our scars to remain. Scars are beautiful because they're like the stones of remembrance Samuel used and Joshua used so that generations could remember God's faithfulness. So that and my stretch marks. Okay. So our scars remind us of God's faithfulness because those wounds did not kill us. They made us stronger. Today I'm healed and I'm free. And in his timing, God gave me more. And I grew up like going to church, not necessarily in the church, as people say. I mean, we were a close family. We celebrated things together. We went to church on Sundays, but we really didn't bring our Bibles to church. I really didn't know how to even look anything up in a Bible, but I just, you know, didn't really, I knew who God was. I knew who Jesus was. I knew the Holy Spirit, who he was, and I loved them, but I didn't really know them. I knew about them, but not to the point where it was personal. And I really didn't hear that personal relationship opportunity that it was possible to have a personal relationship with Jesus until after I was married. So um, anyway, this is what happened. He gave me my beautiful son, and then he gave me my real life meant to be husband, the one that God chose just for me. And just when the story couldn't get any better, he gave us a daughter. I met Brian because when I went into banking, after I had Michael, um, who was my son that I had when I was a teen, I went into banking thinking it's just going to be a part-time job. Okay, this is just going to be something I'm going to start until I do my real job. Well, that actually turned into 29 years. (laughs) Okay, so um, how I met Brian. Okay, I met him because his dad was the assistant manager at the bank where I started working at. Hmm, isn't God so fun how he does those things? Anyway, so I met Brian and we started dating and then we got married in 1984. And then in 1985 is when I left the denomination in the church that we had been part of for all of our lives and, uh, and started going to a church that really taught Bible truth. And that was the first time I heard the salvation message, the gospel message. I mean, I knew about the gospel, but I had never heard it that way before. And it's the first time that I made a conscious decision to follow Jesus and just and repent of sin and follow Jesus. We're all sinners saved by grace. Okay. There's still things that we do, of course, 
but you know, we ask forgiveness and we're forgiven. And so I heard about that. I accepted Christ as my savior and that was amazing. And then, yeah. So as I said, a few years, let's see, we got married in 84 and Michael was four by then. And then we had a beautiful daughter named Lisa when, uh, in 1986. And then, um, yeah, so God changed my plans so I could follow his friend. God will change your plans so you could follow his plans for you. He exposed the lie and said, no, this is not my plan for you. I have something better in mind. I didn't hear that audibly, but I heard it loud and clear. And I'm so glad that I was listening. So I want you to listen to this now. Don't lose heart if your heart has been broken. Don't lose heart if you've lost your way for a time. Don't lose heart when it feels like all is lost. Don't lose heart when life gets messy. We don't need to lose heart. We need to take heart because as long as we are living for a cause, nobody is a lost cause. And hope exists and we can have it for free with no strings attached. I love how Jesus said, I have told you all this so that you may have peace in me. Here on earth, you will have many trials and sorrows, but take heart because I have overcome the world. He has overcome the world, friends. So if you have something going on in your life and you know that it's off, there's red flags and you're not quite sure, then I would say really seek the Lord for his guidance because God has something better. God's plan for us, his plans for us, don't include toxic anything, okay, relationships or jobs or anything like that. And before you marry the wrong person or take that wrong road or make that wrong decision, ask God to give you a glimpse of what could be. Ask him what his plan is for you. And I guarantee it's better. But even if you're messed up, he can make your path straight again. He can get us back on track, friend. And he has plans for us, as it says, Jeremiah 29, 11. He has plans for us not to harm us, but to give us a hope and a future. And he wants us to have abundant life here on earth, not just the abundant life that we look forward to eternally, but to live here on earth for him and enjoy and have peace and joy and, and the hope of Christ, you know, in us, that's the hope of glory right there. And he calls us in Ephesians 4, 1 to walk worthy of the calling with which we've been called. So let's do that friend. And Mr. Wright was in my story, but, you know, first I had to realize that I didn't need a man to make me a whole person. I am whole in Christ alone. Friend, you don't need someone else on earth to make you a whole person. You're a whole person by yourself. Okay. And in Christ alone, you are made whole. And your journey to healing begins with forgiveness. So if you feel shame or guilt or can't forgive that person who did that horrific thing, Jesus can make you free and he wants to. Jesus helps us forgive because he came so we could be forgiven and bad things can happen to us, but it doesn't have to be the end of us. And we can forgive. It's supernatural, friends. Our flesh doesn't want to forgive anybody. Our flesh would rather stay mad truth be told, right? Sometimes it just feels better to wallow in things and, you know, and to just say, you know what? I don't want to forgive you. I don't want to do that. I'm going to stay mad at you forever. 
Well, who benefits from that, right? Okay, it just causes toxic things inside of us, okay? And in what we want to do for the Lord, it keeps us back and it keeps the door open for the the devil, the enemy of our soul to come in and try to steal our joy, try to steal our calling, try to steal the plans that God has for us. But you know what? The devil really can't do that. Jesus put his joy in us that our joy may be full. It says that in John 15, you know, read the chapter. It's amazing. And he has plans for us. God has plans for us. And the devil cannot supersede those unless we open the door and let him. So let's not do that. We need to stick it out. We need to grip trust tightly and grasp onto hope so hard that our nails leave marks in our palms because Jesus took those nails and left his marks so we could have real hope to hold on to. And if you doubt him, tell him he proved it to Thomas and he will prove it to you. And yes, I was hurt by that ugly lie on that faithful night. Yet I'm so thankful for the lie because it changed my life for the better. God used this lie to expose not only what was not true, but what was true. That God can take what is ugly and flip it. He can restore, make new, and reveal the paths of life to us, even though broken roads exist. And even through those broken roads and those cracks in the sidewalk. I was a teenage mom and I wouldn't change a thing. I grew up way too fast, but I didn't miss a thing. God restores what the enemy steals from us, and it's infinity times infinity better. Yeah, we're going to be married 38 years, me and Mr. Wright, okay? And I can use his name, Brian. We're going to be married 38 years in August. And I just, I'm so thankful. I am so thankful. I highly doubt that that long of a time frame for a marriage would have lasted with this other person that I wasn't meant to marry. You know, I just, I just have that feeling. And friends, okay, we have grandkids too now. Our amazing son is an artist and he and his beautiful wife, my daughter-in-law, Randy, they have a tribulation art studio. And sometimes you'll see me wearing their necklaces and bracelets and earrings and they make beautiful paintings. And then also my daughter, my beautiful daughter, she is a nurse you know, she went on to get her nursing degree and she married David, my wonderful son in love. And it was so cool because, okay, so this is the thing, the same thing that happened to me similarly happened to my daughter. She had experienced a teen pregnancy also. And, um, so she had Jaden and we adored Jaden. He was our firstborn grandson. And then she married David, who has triplets and from his first marriage. And so we got to get a grandson and two granddaughters out of that. So Michael and Randy have our two amazing grandsons, Brayden and Hunter. And then David and Lisa have Jaden, Trinity, Kennedy, and Seth. So we have six grandkids Wow, that is such an abundant blessing in my life, and I love it so much. And so I want to encourage you that we can't always see the end game, but God knows the end game. He is in this with us for the long haul. So we need to reach out and grab hold of that truth. And God redeems our story, and he helps use the things that were broken in our past to help 
us walk in a calling to help other people get through those same things. You've probably heard that before from different other people and their testimonies. But after my 29 year banking career ended, I left the bank and then I started volunteering at our local crisis pregnancy center so that I could meet with women who would come in of all ages, like, okay, all childbearing ages. I'll just clarify that. But maybe they were teens, maybe they were moms in their 20s or 30s, and they were facing a crisis pregnancy. And I had the humbling privilege to meet with them and talk with them and counsel with them and show them that they can choose life for their baby. And I also was trained in post-abortive counseling as well. I know that someone listening today has experienced having an abortion and making that choice. Friend, you are forgiven and set free when you ask Christ to live in your heart and ask for forgiveness. And you know what? There is healing in that and there's no condemnation in Christ Jesus. I went through a training so that I would be able to counsel and minister to post-abortive women as well. And so, you know, God uses all of it. There's so many other facets of the story. Okay. And earlier on, I had shared how I just signed with a publishing company to publish a Bible study. Well, this Bible study, I pray, is going to help women walk through a season of healing so that they can see how they can be missional in their communities, in their church, you know, how they can be used by God. Because time and time again, I talk to women who feel that because of what they've done, where they've been, or what's been done to them, that they cannot serve God, that they can't be used by God. Oh, you don't know what I've done. And, you know, that is a lie from the enemy because. Of course, he doesn't want you to walk in your calling. He doesn't want you effective for the kingdom work that God prepared in advance for you to do and for me to do. And, you know, if Paul had wallowed and dwelled on the things that he did wrong, like if he would have sat around saying, oh, God can't, God, I don't, Jesus, I don't know who you're talking to because you can't use me. I killed people that were innocent just because they wanted to follow you. I stood by and watched innocent people being dragged into prison. I would do that too. I would drag people into prison just because they were followers of Jesus. And so how in the world can you use me? Well, if Paul would have done that, like a huge chunk of the New Testament would not have been written by him anyway, but maybe God would have used someone else. But Paul was chosen. God said Paul was chosen. And friend, you're chosen too. And that is the heart of fierce calling. And the tagline is, because every woman of God has a fierce calling. And the purpose of the podcast is to encourage women to step out of doubt and use their gifts to impact the world and walk in their calling. The podcast actually began as a book proposal concept, come to life. But it was clear that this was meant to be a podcast. Maybe later it will be a book, but right now, It's a podcast, and it is part of my fierce calling. And some of you might be thinking, well, it's kind of late for me. But no, it isn't late for you. I went back to school at 55 and graduated last May at 59 with my degree from Liberty University. You can do it, friends. Whatever God is calling you to do, he will equip you. So I just want to encourage you, and I hope that it blessed you. 
It was not at all what I originally planned to do. I planned to read like famous quotes from all my different shows, you know, or actually favorite quotes, I should say. Well, they're pretty famous too, um, from all the different shows that, you know, I've had. I've had 100 different guests on, well, maybe 98 different guests because there were, I think, two episodes where it was just me and you. But still, I was going to read quotes from the show, which you can find quotes in the show in the show notes. So you can go check those out in most every episode. And I was going to have people send me in comments about the show. I was going to read to you, you know, different um, reviews that people have written about the show. And incidentally, please, please go and rate and review Fierce Calling because it helps more people find the show. And here and there, I'm going to start reading different reviews on the show, maybe during the introduction. And I would love to read your review if you want to put one out there. So thank you, friend. And don't forget, I would also love the opportunity to come and speak at your next women's event. I could talk about this story. I have a signature message, which is Fierce Calling, Equipped, Empowered, Engaged. But you know, it all ties in together because I want to encourage women that they are equipped by God in the different ways that he equips us. And you are empowered by the Holy Spirit to walk in the calling he gives us, right? You are empowered by the Spirit of God. And you can engage your gifts to impact the world for Christ. So that's one of my signature talks, but I've talked about different other things too. And you can check out my speaking page at dariswift.com. And you can also find me at womenspeakers.com. And I would love to connect with you. So reach out to me on my contact page. And you can also email me at doris at dariswift.com. And I would love to hear your thoughts on this episode. And it was kind of like a unique 100th episode, right? But I hope you learned a little bit more about my story and got to know me a little bit better. And I just look forward to more adventures with God and with you with the coming episodes. And I, and I already have amazing guests coming up. Just too many to name. And then I have a really cool guest coming up. I interviewed uh, Karen Kingsbury and she was talking about her new series that's going to be coming out. I think it was, I think it's coming out on Amazon, Amazon Prime, I want to say. But anyway, they're turning her books, uh, the, you know, about the Baxter family. I don't know if you're familiar with her writings, but she writes about the Baxter family. And so anyway, they're going to turn it into a show starring Roma Downey. And so don't miss that episode. And there's other amazing guests too coming out. I didn't want to just name one guest because... In God's economy, his kids are all equal and he loves us all the same. You know, he loves us all the same and our callings are all just as fierce. So we don't have to part the sea. We, I mean, everything that we do matters to God when we do it unto him. Thank you again for joining me for this milestone, exciting 100th episode of Fierce Calling. And I'd love to leave you with this blessing. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. That's Numbers 6, 24 through 26. I hope you'll join me next time when I talk with another woman who's taking action where her passion, compassion, and conviction intersect. Until then, friend, have a blessed week, and I'll talk to you soon.